Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Harvey75. You can find the entire show across all social media at MMM Show75. And we're joined by the Lucha Gringo. Hey, just me. You know what, man? If we're gonna if we're gonna be a duo show, we should get your homie Ralph on here, and we can be the new Kevin and Bean of Lucha Libre. Oh man, Ralph's podcast, which is now a Patreon kind of thing, you got to pay like three bucks for. His new podcast is amazing. Ralph Garman. Uh, yeah, it's so much fun, uh, and, and and the segments are so pedestrian. Like he's keeping it so simple because the real entertainment is just hearing that guy talk. Yeah, his his impressions are like god tire too. So yeah, we gotta we gotta think about that a little bit. Like, yeah, my God, his Adam West is probably the single greatest impression I've ever heard anyone do. Well, he got to be friends with the guy after a while too. I mean, yeah. like, he's eating. He, he's a huge Batman fan. Like, he does his oh. podcast from what he calls the Bat Cave, where he has all of his Batman sixty six memorabilia. And, and God damn, have you seen that place? It's amazing. Um, it's actually on the Batman sixty six Blu ray set, which I recommend to everyone. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta get a hold of it. Um, anyway, hey, look, it's Mass Mats and Mayhem. It's uh, just Justin and Casey here. I need to let your camera be on, um, which is weird because people don't see the little bottom window when there's only two of us. I think you have to have three people. Oh, so, so they don't they don't see my little Hannibal Lecter hanging out there until I talk? Yeah, they didn't see you doing the, the shower thing during my intro or any of that. No. Well, I don't have, <laughs> video, you don't have your video on anyway. I was still doing it, though, so it's weird that you know that. Are you watching my house, Justin? Oh, me? No, never. I don't spy on my co-hosts. I, I bet the Channel 4 News is somewhere, like, outside my window right now, though. There's I don't spy on any of my co-hosts. I couldn't tell you that Jim is in line over at PWEG right now, draped in uh, young single women. I couldn't tell you that Byron is in a subway tunnel right now, hiding from a police officer who's trying to chase him down on a restraining order. Yeah. I could not tell you that Meatloaf is dead asleep, drooling with a pair of Phantasma's panties hanging out of the side of his mouth. And his um, wiener tucked between his legs. So I am. That. Oh yeah, I'd fuck yeah. me. Um, I am definitely more. not spying on any of my MMM show co-hosts. <laughs> That, that's good because like I, I don't know man i don't know like i'm not wearing clothes right now so i wouldn't want you like seeing that ah. Ooh. Uh, let me turn my camera off. i'm just kidding or am i <laughs> uh yeah dude uh i have some news man what like, news do you have oh my god okay fire pro news or oh, wing fuck. news fucking wing news what okay. how's wing. there wing news we never have actual wing news on this show yeah, hey, just because a company's been dead for 15 years doesn't mean they can't have news. But let me tell you, I am excited because the greatest wrestling promotion of all time, Wing, has started a new website. So maybe when the show's over or maybe just pop up a new browser window right now and go to www.wing91.us. They couldn't even get a fucking .com for that shit. Um, they... Uh, Wings coming back with some official merch. Right now, the website says, "Hey, we saw that a bunch of uh, U.S. and U.K. sites are making bootleg wing merch, which I think is funny when the company, like half their roster, is bootleg versions of horror movie characters that they had no permission to use whatsoever. But uh, they're they're gonna sell official wing merchandise." 
and you know you and byron with your fucking well actually it might just be byron with the lucha underground's uh letterman jacket and shit like that if they have a wing letterman jacket I, I I will buy a wing letterman jacket probably. I don't think they'll go that much. They might go for shirts or hats or something, but I've been buying all the bootleg shit. <laughs> so I'll support official shit too. I, I just bought a wing monster shirt has uh all the greats like Leatherface and Jason the Terrible, fucking um Crypt the Keeper and freddy krueger of course and it's got victor quinones in the middle and it says we are the danger and if you didn't see my twitter tell you to order it you're fucked because it's sold out now uh all right so, so but for people who have never seen or experienced wing a first of all you're not following casey close enough second of all explain explain the promotion wing what, what it was all about Justin, did i lose you oh shit! i just lost casey Guess he's not going to explain Wing. I will try to get him back. Um, tonight, also, I want to talk about The Contender, which, um, oh, you're back. Hey, sorry, you asked. I, I, oh, and then you dropped out again. You're having some kind of technical difficulty, I think, my friend. Blank. Justin? Yeah, now I have you. Okay. You're Okay. Okay. So yeah, you said so for people, and then that's when I I got so for people that don't know what Wing is. Can you explain a little bit of what what Wing is? Okay. So Wing is uh, a Japanese hardcore wrestling promotion uh, that started in the early '90s. It influenced a lot of what ECW did uh, because this was 1991. Yeah, it was like what, uh, like almost a Japanese like a japanese ecw except some of the gimmicks were ridiculous Crazy. yeah so they would just get dudes in monster masks and have them be you know characters so uh they would have freddy krueger who was doug gilbert they would have uh jason the terrible that wasn't the jason the terrible from stampede he was a dude from puerto rico uh there was new jason the terrible that came in the feud with him so uh that was tracy smothers as jason uh, you had. Uh, I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew that the second Jason was Tracy Smothers. That's awesome. It's pretty hilarious because, like, if you watch the match, it has Japanese commentary on it, and they won't shut the fuck up about Smoky Mountains. So I think that they're spoiling that he's Tracy Smothers during the match. Um, but uh, also, hot stuff. I lost you again. Unless it's my connection, but I don't think it is, Casey. Anyway, uh, my internet is garbage right now. Sorry, I can tell. <laughs> you're, you're coming in now. But um, you got to post. You got to post some of those links because uh, Casey got me hip to a few of the links. And like, I had seen a few things way back in the day, like at some tape trading parties or something. Yeah, um, which is like that was my whole exposure to Wing, and it was just kind of like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, so, like, if you watch IWA Japan, which is the ones that did the uh, King of the Deathmatch tournament that Cactus beat Terry, um, that that basically became Wing. So, IWA Japan was International Wrestling Association, and uh, Wing actually stands for Wrestling International New Generation. Not to be confused with my Fire Pro promotion, Wang. Which stands for? Uh, Wrestle Arts New Generation. I needed something that started with an A. Well, see, I hope I hope Wing's not making a comeback because I almost want to do Wang as a real promotion one of these days. Like, 
as soon as Byron decides to come off of his real money, Mark money and Billy Corgan us, we should just start a promotion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of our listeners are already doing that apparently, but you know what? They don't, they won't have the cool monster mask guys that are just us and a bunch of masks. So we don't have to pay wrestlers. Uh, truth. I'll bump for you. Yeah, dude, you can be, um, you could be Pleatherface, our our non copyright infringing Leatherface. Instead of a chainsaw, you'd have a buzzsaw. Can and I kind of be a cross between Leatherface and the Gimp from Pulp Fiction? I was thinking more like a cross between like Leatherface and like Vince Neal or something. Okay. So you'd have like a blonde mullet wig and then like a Leatherface mask and then like hot hot pants that are like red pleather. You know, you got you got to show off for the ladies. Your fire pro character already does this, by the way. And you're um, gonna do like a, a, a wild billiam thing, right? Where you come to the the ring with lotion and do a tuck. Yeah, my name's gonna be uh, my my name's gonna be Big Bad Buffalo, and uh, I am going to be a cross between Big Bad Steve and Buffalo Bill. That would be that would yeah. be great. And then um, uh, actually, you know what? I I really want to be Roy the Terrible, the Jason the Terrible ripoff. <laughs> Um, so I, I might do that or sharp hand Joe, but who's to say I can't be all of these characters in different matches because you know what? I, I don't have to bump Abdul the butcher never fucking bumped. Okay. But the one character that I would really like to bring in that already exists is inward taker. Oh dude. Yeah. He <laughs> because be... Willie Mack would pop for that. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. I, I, uh, shit, man. I actually had like an idea for Willie Mack too, that we can bring him in and give him like a Simon Phoenix gimmick because, uh, I think he would be awesome at that. And I also think that would be like the best gimmick in the history of professional wrestling. If someone was just Simon Phoenix from demolition, man. as long as we can get Katarina to play Lenina Huxley, that would be totally fine with me. See, I was gonna, I was gonna offer that role to, uh, uh, Carmen Perez Rosnes done sold. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I'm absolutely fine with all of these things. Um, we are going to talk about some stuff tonight. We're gonna yeah, talk like about fucking the, demolition, man. We're going <laughs> to. I mean, obviously, we're going to do that. Um, we got uh, an interesting episode of Lucha Underground that we'll probably jump into first. I want to talk briefly about uh, WWE Hell in a Cell, the, their upcoming pay per view or lack thereof. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about UFC for sure. Uh, some boxing. We got Triple G Canelo two tomorrow, and uh, the contender is on. Probably uh, just finished right now. Um, and if you're not watching that show, you're crazy. And the first episode, if you go to Eric Van Wagnen's uh, Twitter right now, I believe you can get the first episode for free on YouTube. So if you haven't checked out the contender yet, do that. I'm going to talk a little bit about the last two episodes because we were actually on the air during last week's episode. Um, but I mean, let's jump into Lucha Underground. Uh, interesting episode coming off an episode where like 15 minutes of it was vignette last week we had i believe no vignettes this week see man i don't i don't call it 15 minutes of vignette that was a that was a match but just a vignette right that was the whole byron thing the 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 thing that he the the match not in the temple thing yeah which was i mean Byron's going to call it his idea all you want, but let me tell you something, Byron, you fuck. Where are you, fuck face? Uh, you know, the Boiler Room Brawl says hello. That's all I got to say. Well, yeah, and I don't think it was really Byron's idea so much as doing more of it was a Byron request. 
um, after the uh, the one that they did last year or a couple of the ones that they did last year or the year before that. I can't even remember anymore. I can't believe we've been doing this show for two years already or more. Um, but yeah, so but you, you got to see a ton of that again. You got to see kind of the abridged version of that as the recap at the top of the show. And then we jump right into uh, Evie versus Dadge, um, uh, which yeah. was was interesting live because the crowd was very confused. And this, this happens a lot when you have basically two baby faces, Technicos, whatever. Yeah. Um, facing off, but you know, everyone likes them for completely different reasons. So th- there was this weird kind of bewildered crowd and everyone had been feeling like Evie was going to get some kind of push this year. I even said it, um, I said it on camera to the social media department at the very first taping that I thought that uh, Evie might end up with the belt at some point this year. Um, so, you know, this was the moment where I thought, oh, shit, are they going to fucking put the gift of the gods on Ivalice? I thought that they might really do it. That and you know what? The it went down. They were going to do it. And since you said that to them, they like, oh, shit, he figured this out. We got to change it. Well, you know, and I feel like DJ does do that every now and then. And sometimes he says, I think sometimes he just says, nah, fuck it. The most obvious thing is still the best thing. So I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least CV didn't go over Pentagon. So, hey. That's, right. Yeah. Well, but going over on, on Dadge would have been tough, too, because I, I'm actually really liking this uh, top of the mid card position for him. I think it's just a great spot for him. I think he's been doing it perfectly. And. I have yet to see him wrestle somebody where he didn't make it a great match. Um, do you remember the Lotus match? I that mean, this <laughs> season. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't really a match anyway. Pentagon right. came out and just murdered them both, which that's what happens when you piss off my homie. But, but that's uh, been part of the problem with Dragon Azteca in the past is he just hasn't gotten the time to shine and he hasn't gotten a spot where I think people can really – get the flow of what he's doing. I think his connection yeah. with the crowd this season was great. I think what he was doing in the ring was great. And, and for a lot of the crowd who wasn't necessarily fond of some of the changes and new things at Lucha Underground, I feel like Dragon Azteca Jr. is the the linchpin and kind of the stability point of Lucha Underground right now of you're getting this consistent thing that always feels like what Lucha Underground is supposed to feel like every time he's in the ring. And what and I think he's the person that stands to benefit the most out of the whole roster for Prince Puma leaving, like big time. Um, because hey man, you know, it, their trio was Rey Mysterio, Prince Puma, and him. So you know he's gonna get third banana status in a team like that. Now now he's the only banana. So yeah. Who's, yeah. And he's um, got he's got a fruit bowl for every one of you. And, and look, I think he did uh, exactly what Ivelisse needed in this match. And this match to me looked like they definitely spent time in the back working working it out. Um, it was very fluid. Evie's work rate was great um, for this particular match. And I think a lot of people have complained about her work rate in the past or, you know, that she she slows down before you want her to slow down in the rest spots and stuff. Um you know, when the action is picking up, but I didn't see any of that in this match live or, or the edited version. I thought it was a, in fact, this one was really, really close to how it went down live. 
It didn't have nice. a whole lot of editing or trickery to it. They didn't speed it up a lot. It, it pretty much felt this way live too. And the whole crowd came around to the story of the match. There was good ring psychology. Um, whether you think she's the greatest or not, like obviously I don't think she's on the same level uh, tech technically as Ray Horace. That's that would be absurd to say that. Or, or Jack Evans from the heavens, the star destroyer, right. the dragon slayer. But uh, I, I think that I think that the effort she put forward in this match was great. I, I really liked what she did with this match, and I think that she she put in the time, and I think you get you reap the benefits when you put in the time. Yeah, um, and, hey, I'm just glad that she's not been so snake bit this season and she's been able to show more of what she has, you know, well, that's one, that's one of the other things too. I felt like at the beginning of the season, she was still a little gun shy and it was like, I, can I blame her? No, I mean, she's no. pulled up lame every season. It's like, if she can just literally limp through a season, her whole career is going to be in such a better place than if something freaking happens to her again. And maybe that's why she doesn't win this match in the end. Maybe DJ's in the back. Like I, I'd love to put it on you, but uh, you might break something on the way to the back. You might, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they can't. They've. I don't think they've ever stripped. Have they ever like stripped someone of a title officially on Lucha Underground? They have. No, They're she like, still had a title with the broken leg. Don't forget. I mean, she yeah. was. She was the proof of like, no, we don't strip people here. Except for Ar Fox, he he kind of got fucked. But uh, they, yes, the rest he of the is, he is the one that got stripped, literally. Yeah. I think that is the one instance of somebody. Uh, oh, so he's literal. He's literally stripped. So he's going to come out as like a naked minion gimmick, but he's AR Fox with his dong out. Nope. Nope. Oh. Can't happen. Nope. He's <laughs> like, I got a couple soldiers for you right here, pal. <laughs> Terrible. Say hello to the general. Time to salute. Oh my God. Anyway, I, I thought it was cool that the, uh, the crowd got behind it. And then what really pushed it over the top is EXO. Um, we got an EXO promo, which is amazing. Um, keep in mind, uh, Puma mm. didn't speak the entire first season. <laughs> like, right. and he was the champ. Um, people, you know, it's hard for the guys in the back to write you a promo. They don't write them for a whole lot of people. And to see EXO um, get a chance to come to the top of the stairs and cut a promo, I thought, was awesome and and it was a good promo it's not like i break ankle i break ankles because i'm strong and breaking ankles makes me strong oh and i'm going to talk about that promo too uh the other thing i'm going to say is and i want to preface this by saying i am completely straight but xo came out looking cute as hell how is how is that a thing like xo looks good and i'm not afraid to say it Hey, the, the, there's a lot of liciousness there. And I want to say also Exolicious is the mastermind of this trio. It's Yeah, it's, yeah. XO put it together. Yeah. I mean, and it's a it's definitely an unlikely trio. Another one and and they you know, XO said in the promo like, "Look, Evilise, you're you're down with the unlikely trios. Here you go. Let's have another one for you." Uh, most of the time if you're a tag team that likes each other in Lucha Underground, your life is just fucked up. It, it's working for the Snake Tribe though, so that's good. Yeah, well, there's a different power structure there. They have royalty in that that tribe. That's true, um, but they also have shitty Jeremiah, and you know, yeah. But I like this. I up. like this this trios. The the Eve Jolicious, as I like to call them. Eve um, Jolicious. That that's the official name. Eve Jolicious. That's it. 
Which, I can't believe it took me this long to come up with that because it's been months since I knew. Uh, well, you, you should send it to DJ because his idea was just calling them good team. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, DJ, you're never going to live down this whole naming structure that you have going at this point. Good team. Good team. Oh, God. Super friends. Big bad Steve. Oh, this is going to, yeah. Big strong. And, and to him, we're going to be asshole podcast, but it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that is they've been well achieved. Uh, thanks to Byron. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. He's still on this show, I think. I yeah, we'll find out. DJ might call me up and be like, "Look, I can't ever let you guys in the temple again if you keep having Byron on the show." That oh, might, that might seal his fate. I think it's a sacrifice we'd have to make uh, to get rid of Byron in that case. Uh, yeah, because you know we get paid every time we're in the temple. Like a lot of people don't know this. Uh, <laughs> I, I just wasn't in the budget for this season, which is why I never showed up. But. I mean, if you hadn't upped your rate so high. Uh, yeah, I know. It's it's this teaching thing, man. You know, you got to make the money somehow. It's definitely not in student teaching where you work for free, you know, so. Um, anyway, yeah, I really love the EXO promo. Um, at some point in time, I am going to go back and cut EXO's uh, second interview with us out of episode 100 and just put it as a standalone thing because a lot of people uh, have not gotten to it and that first EXO episode we did is uh, our highest rated episode. Thousands and thousands and thousands of pond. Oh yeah. And plus they got to hear, they got to hear urban, our homie asking the best question to Exolicious that's ever been asked. And we're not going to spoil what it is. And the best part too was, was urban asking us if he could ask EXO that question. I'm like, I'll go for it. I'm pretty sure EXO would love to answer that question. And, and, and XO thought it was pretty hilarious. So, uh, and Byron's not even here to talk. Byron hung out with XO last week, right? Yeah, yeah. He got a Mark photo and everything. Like, what the fuck, Byron? Where are you at? He's been going to wrestling shows all over the place. Uh, I hope he hasn't been killed. Uh, he might have like a Kevin McAllister situation where he's lost in New York right now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's doing the couch surfing thing for a couple more days, and then once he's set up in a uh, in some new digs, he's going to be back on the show. And uh, he had uh, the headbangers on his uh, VIP show this week. Yeah, thanks, Byron. For Byron, who's not here. Yeah, why, why didn't they get him on our fucking show? Yeah, why aren't they on our show? Why is he giving them to Vanilla Ice? They were literally like one of my favorite tag teams of the nineties. I literally almost got thrown out of my friend's house when they called when they won the tag titles because I yelled so long and loud that his mom got mad. <laughs> well, he should get him over here. Um this Mill Cuerno match, um man, it is so weird uh having Mill with no Katrina. And you know what? It's weird having a double disqualification finish in Lucha Underground, even though it was to set up something. I kind of, I kind of dug it. I liked, uh, you know, purely for the Antonio reaction. I mean, the 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 hold on, hold on was at epic levels. Hold on, hold on. You see, we do not have disqualifications here, but there is a first time for everything, like. In a few episodes, maybe it will be the first time this season is good. <laughs> I do not like the leaks in the ceiling, Justin. They get all over my dick and my balls. <laughs> so true. I don't know why I went there when Eric was on, but it was all I could think of would be unfortunate and unpleasant about a leaky roof. I, my brain just went there. 
It was pretty bad on a couple occasions. There was there was some like the main set was okay, but then like everything else was terrible. The the front waiting area was flooding out, the backstage dressing area, the place where they have their practice ring, like it was dripping every other I had to shut the place down due to mold. And I am not talking about the butthole mold of King Cuerno that Meef has in his locker. (laughs) That's true. Hi, Meef Loaf. (laughs) That's 100% true. We miss you, buddy. We haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, we haven't. It's funny because we talk to Meef all the time, but, you know, obviously it's like two in the morning in England right now or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got see, that's the thing, though. We got to fly over there. We got to bring them back. We got to be the fucking MMM show, British Coyotes. Uh, I don't know what they would call us. I don't even know so. if I want to bring him back. I think I just want to hang out with him over there and talk to him about how great it is over here and then still not have him get a chance to ever come over here. Or, like, we tell them how great it is over here, and then we just take them to, like, really shitty places like Silver Lake. <laughs> Silver Lake didn't, wasn't always shitty. What's up, Zeus? Zeus is in the chat there. Oh, um, dude, fucking fake Zeus. Let me tell you something, brother. The real Zeus is going to be at Monster Palooza tomorrow. Just saying. Tiny Zeus Lister? Tiny Zeus Lister is going to be at Monster Palooza. Is he going to be dressed up in his Fifth Element President's costume? I hope so, because if he would, you know what? I would rather him be president right now. I'll tell you that much. Wow. Wow. That is saying something because he, he's quite possibly the worst movie president of all time. And I got no I got no heat with it. I love it. It's the best worst movie president of all time. But oh, God, um, no. You know, uh, I also just in case my friend Zach, friend of the podcast is listening. Um, I'm ashamed of you for not seeing No Holds Barred. Why, I, what? Zach hasn't seen No Holds Barred, and he was I, the one who came on our show talking about how great WWE was? I think it was before his time. And, oh, maybe he was uh, I, for it. I do not blame him for it being above, you know, like uh, before his time, because I think I was eight when that shit came out. That sounds about right, right? Yeah. Like 88, 89? Yeah, uh, it, was, it yeah. was a long time ago. I was like, yeah, eight or I nine. Don't know, I was like 30 or 40 then. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Shit. You stole my joke, Justin. <laughs> um, well, yes, poor Marty Elias, our homie, uh, went to sleep again. I, I like to call it Martilepsy now because <laughs> oh. they every now and then he's just asleep on the job for some reason because somebody has kicked and or thrown him. And, you know, I was actually when this went down in the temple, I was actually very surprised they even did this spot after what had happened to Rick Knox earlier in the season because, you know, Rick was out with that shoulder injury the whole freaking season after like I think that was the first weekend. Yeah, after Mil Muertes legit murdered him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, Rick is not afraid to take a spot and loves doing crazy shit. So it was, <laughs> it's half on him for doing it. No, I, I, you know, Marty, yeah. like, I can just imagine Marty backstage going, oh, yeah, I don't mind Cuerno and Mil throwing me into the stands. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's with funny. No warning. Rick Knox is the only referee I've seen ref with a cast on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And legit cast too. And and yeah. he even uh, he even came back to Lucha Underground in a shoulder sling, and uh, on like a lumberjack or some kind of match was standing outside doing like the outside ref work. One one of those matches where all three refs were getting used or whatever. Um, oh man, I remember when I was a lumberjack, Justin. That was pretty great. Yes, because DJ loves you. Yeah. You know. You know what my name would be if I was a lumberjack. What would your name be? Tall Jack. 
and, and they already had Jack Evans. Maybe I could be that Piston Paw Jack name that got uh, trademarked and never used. I don't know. I would. I think I would be Tekken Jack. Tekken Jack. Oh, then you could do like that little thing where he like keeps like hitting his chest, and then he falls down and starts like kicking his legs and shit. Exactly. That would, hilarious. That would be my move. Just the the wild arms oh, 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 oh. oh, great character. Well, Tekken masterpiece of a game. I still haven't played season two yet because I'm playing Spider Man and it's the shit. Oh, you guys suck, man. I'm I'm over this Xbox thing. I got to get a PS4 um yeah anyway uh yeah so next week we're gonna have the uh three-way dance as they would have said in ecw um with pentagon mill and cuerno which i think is good because at this point in the season you know what and being there live especially it was just like man nobody's getting heat on pentagon it's not possible like the crowd Ooh. is just 100 behind him anybody on the other side of him in everyone's mind is being squashed and is a jobber. Doesn't matter who it is, you know? Right, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Bar- barring the Undertaker showing up, like nobody is getting over on Pentagon in Lucha Underground. I don't um, know, man. I, I don't know. Like maybe Jason the Terrible, but I, I feel like the Temple would know who he was. You know, maybe. they'd be like, who's this guy that looks like Matanza, but good. It would um, it would take something rare and unusual at this point. So at the, you know, so to me, it's like yes, Mill and Cuerno both deserve to be there. Super weird again without Katrina being there. And at first, the crowd didn't notice because none of us knew that anything happened to Katrina. Well, you know what, Justin, I myself am rare and unusual. I, I just had to throw. Us. Well, that's why everyone was wearing Where's Casey shirts by the end of the season. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I actually you know wish matt striker would have worn one but you know whatever i didn't give matt striker one to wear that's my fault i should have he probably would have just to just to fuck with you he actually had a shirt that said don't come casey because i know i'll fucking lose uh yeah oh it, god that's gotta happen one of these days yeah he can um, come on the show whenever he wants like um yeah you, you probably schedule it during like monster palooza now god damn it <laughs> it's, he's coming tomorrow um all right, so we got to talk about this Phoenix thing, this this new zombie strong style thing. Um, so Super Friends are reunited for what looks like it's going to be one time only. Um, Phoenix is back from the dead. Uh, Melissa is way too happy about it, and Aerostar is very skeptical, rightfully so. Yeah, it's like, way to go, Melissa, you fucking necrophiliac. So, so here's the thing I'm interested in. We've got two gimmicks. We've got uh, Jeremiah Snake, which is uh, mm-hmm. zombie Sammy Callahan. Yeah. And then now we've got uh, zombie Phoenix or whatever the fuck he is. Um, well, let me tell you something, Justin. Sometimes dead is better. Oh, you don't want to jump off that rope. You know, oh, you want to go off that rope over there. Sorry, I had to do it. I promised. I promised. I love it. I'm not stopping you. Um, I, I, it's so it, two guys who have basically the exact same gimmick. They both died in the same match. They've both been resurrected and they're both not completely themselves. Um, but boy, talk about two completely different interpretations of what that equals. Um, mm-hmm. Phoenix walks, both of them actually are kind of doing like the zombie walk to the ring thing, but then all of a sudden they're running fast as shit, which is bizarre. Um, but Phoenix has this slobbery drool thing going on. 
Yeah. His lip is doing this thing the whole time. And um, you may not see it all in this match, but I can tell you, and I will spoiler this, um, Phoenix's wrestling style in this new gimmick is fucking amazing. This zombie strong style Lucha Libre thing that he is doing is off the chain. It is by far my favorite presentation of Phoenix anywhere. Which is good because from this week, people were talking shit and calling him Lucha Festus and stuff like that. Uh, which, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> why, why is it not the same? Uh, because Festus was actually supposed to be, like, retarded or something. Come on. Phoenix, no. See, okay, so for those of you that don't remember Festus, or luckily weren't watching at the time, he was a mentally challenged hillbilly character who would be in a near catatonic state unless the wrestling bell rung and then that made him crazy and mean oh my god i do remember that character okay okay cool. oh so, wow he was basically when you play pop goes the weasel for curly <laughs> yeah exactly that's great uh that yeah let's hope that phoenix doesn't go entirely that route um, my question is, is Melissa Santos humping him while he's like this? That, that's the question that really needs to be answered. No, because when Dadge smells vag, he comes running. Did you see how fast he got out there at the end? He was like, oh, your old boyfriend's all jacked up. Let me come over here and just walk you out. Yeah, he's trying to get all up in that shit. Um, I mean, he moved on her with the firstness. I'd like to see where that's going. That's why to fucking feed with the Lotus tribe. He it wasn't because his master died. He was just trying to get laid. No, and I think that's a hot couple. Like, look, I know IRL. She's with Cage, which is ridiculous. Like people doing the Cage stomp, the uh, the Terminator stomp for you know the storyline. Like, come on, guys, let it go for a minute. Cage is never going to get Melissa in this show. They're not going to give the hot Latina to some white dude on El Rey Network. That would just Oh, Justin! Just wait until all the wrestlers are white dudes, Justin. <laughs> Which is by the end of next week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna happen. Season five. Season five. Um, Actually, I, I, I have a feeling that Lucha Underground will be a much browner place in season five. Oh, dude, are they going to bring back that catering truck that gives everyone diarrhea? No, not that kind of brown. Oh, okay. Okay, good. good. I meant I meant uh, a lot more performers from south of the border, I think for several reasons. Um, I don't know if you've been catching any of the MLW stuff, but now they're playing the whole uh, Phoenix and Penta going to WWE as an actual angle over there. Uh, I hate that because that makes you look bush, bush league, in my opinion, man. Uh, it, I don't like it. Uh Especially since I, I find it weird, but at the same time, like when you're that promotion, that's yeah, what you yeah. do. I mean, ECW used to do that all the time. They jump on the hot angle or, or, or make something behind the scenes, you know, seem like a, a shoot that's not when it's clearly a work by the time they're using it. See, um, that's the thing, though, is that ECW was perfectly happy being Bush League. And MLW True. just tries to be something else. I don't know. Uh, but ECW was the best and was not Bush League in any of our hearts, mind you. Uh, fucking second greatest wrestling promotion of all time after Wing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't see anything, I don't see anything wrong with them giving it a shot. 
I also am not going to say that I think it's great, mm. but I will say this. I think that Pentagon and Phoenix absolutely should go to WWE. I think that everyone, um, what's up, Alexis? Um, I think that everyone should maybe let go of Lucha Underground a little bit. Like for me, I feel like I get it now. I know where Lucha Underground fits in the grand pantheon of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be this epic thing. It's not going to be ECW like a lot of us had, had possibly hoped. But it did restore a lot of my faith in wrestling. And I think it can still be a place where, you know, if you're an up-and-coming talent or you're a guy that maybe was in the big show for a while and, you know, you're looking for something where you can still stay involved, like what Paul London and Chavo and some of those guys do, um, and even Morrison to a certain extent – Like, I think it's a good home for guys like that. I think it's a good place for for these up-and-coming talents or for more international, especially, you know, Lucha Libre guys from Mexico, where they can get a push from great writers, great producers, great directors. Mm -hmm. And I honestly almost think that people need to stop looking at Lucha Underground to be more than that. It's never going to be a full promotion. It's going to be a show especially with their new talent structure of letting people come in and out. It's going to be a show where people can get over, where they can get in some time, where they can have people write good stuff for them. And I think you just leave it at that. Like, I don't think, I don't think anybody should have aspirations of it being more than that. Um, That's just, I mean, that's just my opinion at this point. And I think once people start taking it as that, it will become fun again. It'll become fun, you know, if they lose a bunch of these guys. Like, come on. You, you see what they're doing with Cuerno and Mill this week, you know? Like, if all of a sudden those guys got called up and they were in WWE or left Lucha Underground or something, that's almost a blessing, you know? They got to bring in fresh blood and new things and new and exciting things. Um, and preferably keeping, you know, 60 to 70% of that Lucha Libre based would be nice. Oh, they had their issues uh, with that this this year, but, you know. Going have we, forward, <laughs> have we talked about Gilbert Elbariqua on the show yet? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, so I'm going to do a, a, a something that Case Fabe usually doesn't do over here. Uh, CMLL, Ricky Banderas showed up, and he is now going by his real first name of Gilbert, and he's Gilbert Elbariqua, the Puerto Rican. So, uh, they, they haven't done a whole lot with him yet. Like, a lot of people think he's going to join Clan Chaos because they're his homies and it would kind of make sense. Uh, you know, that's like Sieber and fucking Charlie Rockstar and shit like that. Um, but just him being there makes a really interesting dynamic for Lucha Underground because he's not like Pentagon and Phoenix. He is completely in fuck AAA mode and not wrestling there. So, right. He's, he's yeah. basically where Phoenix was two years ago. Right, right. And this is, uh, so it's an interesting dynamic. Um, not that he's a wrestler in Lucha Underground or anything like that. Um, but uh, if if Mil Muerte suddenly becomes like a skinny white dude, you'll know why. Uh, be like, yeah, hey. It will be very interesting to see what they do with that. And especially with Katrina being gone now. I could very easily see them saying that the Mil Muertes thing has run its course. Or they'll be like, hey, um... Not that I'm saying they should fire Ricky, because I love him, and I I, I love the gimmick. He's one of my favorites. He is by far one of my favorites, and Mil Muertes is probably my second or third favorite character in this company. 
um, since, you know, Dante Fox hasn't been on all fucking season. Right, uh, but it's one of the ones they did right, where it's like, let's let's bring a guy with a little bit of this background, um, give him a new mask and a new gimmick and a, and a great backstory that we can play with for a long, long time. Um, and that was what I was really hoping we would get more of this season. And, and plus, come on, if you make a guy basically the Undertaker, of course I'm going to be down for it, you know? So it's like... Come on, they're doing the right thing with this guy. I just, I just hope that he stays there for a while. And I, I hate that he's not with Katrina right now. I don't like that. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what the the reasoning was behind it. I don't know if she wanted to move on, if they wanted to kill her off, if she's even really dead. I, I don't know what the deal is. I can tell you though that it was weird because I don't feel like most of the crowd even noticed that she wasn't there for this match at first, and and the stoppage and everything. It was just like everything felt off, but it felt intentionally off, mm-hmm. but nobody in the crowd really was getting it. And I, I turned to whoever I was sitting next to that day. And I was just kind of like, dude, where, where's Katrina? Like I didn't notice until halfway through the match. And it was like, Oh, maybe she had some scheduling conflict or something. Nobody knew she was dead. Nobody had a clue. You guys should have started a where's Katrina chant. Damn it. Yeah, and I mean, it's also obvious now when you see the show, like even the dress color change and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, we were like, wow, what's this ring attire when she did that? But Yeah, because um, I mean, it didn't really, like it wouldn't really ring any bells because she changed her attire every season. Right, right. But always something black, black and yeah. different. But the red thing was, you know, pumping some blood back into her veins um, in a metaphorical kind of way. Um, oh, so this match... The Jack Swagger, Jake Strong, whatever promo at the beginning, um, Jake aside, this is one of the most WWE things I think I've ever seen in Lucha Underground. And I have to say, um, when XO did it at the end of a match, like, thumbs up. Mm -hmm. A a wrestler coming out during the, the entrances for the other wrestlers and cutting a promo not something I can say I, I think I've, I remember ever having seen in Lucha Underground. Um, also don't think Jack is the guy to do that promo. And all the content of the promo was fine. I think his delivery of it was fine and everything. It was just, it just felt like a formula for a different program. It did not feel like it should be on this program. And this might be the budget hurting them. This felt like it should have been, you know, an office segment with Antonio or some other kind of vignette or something. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, like when you, I don't know, like if someone's going to be doing an entering promo, I'd say it does make sense for Jake Strong's character to be that person just because, Hey, I'm a wrestler. What do wrestlers do? They do promos in the ring. I don't know. I don't know. He says, he says that wrestlers are always better than luchadors. That's come on. That's bullshit, man. Well, I mean, that was the entire point of that promo was to get that heat. Oh, I, know. I, I think know. the crowd, I think they were like, shit, he was getting over especially with the indie wrestling fans. There was a lot of PWG fans that were coming to tapings. Um, a few juggalos that were really into him for some reason. Oh, um, dude, the juggalos are great wrestling fans, man. No, uh, no, but I'm just saying they, they were the ones into swagger. Uh, you know, the more traditional Lucha Libre fans were not as into him, but we're still kind of cheering and playing along um, with, with the fact that he was getting a good response. But, for whatever they're doing with him storyline wise, it's obvious that they needed him to get some more heat and it worked yeah. because 
you know, at first for a second, it was kind of X-Pac heat. And then it was like, whoa, wait a minute. You're putting down Lucha Libre now. You're not even just putting down these particular fighters. And then that definitely got some heat. And this was the moment where people started to turn on the whole uh, Jack Swagger character, or Jake Strong character, for sure. And which it was is- intentional. Yeah, and I mean it's it's such it's such a, a horrible statement to make. Um, so of course it's going to get heat. I like it. That's good writing because uh, even even like I hear it, and I'm like, oh, you dick. Even <laughs> though I know it was written for him, and I know he fucking respects Lucha Libre, and he's been wrestling luchadors and having good matches, except when he breaks their ankles. That horrible, horrible man. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I look forward to seeing hopefully the two people that break people's bones fight each other, and then maybe we'll maybe we'll learn about Lucha Libre being the best style. Well, I mean, I I certainly think at some point they have to acknowledge the similarity in those gimmicks, and I have to hope that it's intentional that it's that's kind of leading somewhere. Well, um, you know, I've I've been wondering where the the Marty the Moth thing was uh, leading, but it looks like he's finally uh, maybe coming after Pentagon. I think, well, I don't know what he's coming after. We'll see. Um, oh, the last thing about the match was obviously the uh, the Phoenix turn at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you know what? Sometimes that is better. But, uh, yeah, you know what, man? This I got to hand it to DJ. If you if you would have asked me, like, an idea, and I would have said Pet Cemetery wrestling angle, you know, people would think I was crazy. And now he did it. And people are like, oh, this shit's cool. So so hats off to him because Pet Cemetery, one of the greatest movies ever made, one of Stephen King's most creepy fucking novels. So uh thumbs up. Thumbs well, up. It, it definitely it definitely got the required reaction from the audience. Uh oh, Jim Jim just sent us a picture. Do I dare open it? Oh god, it's probably his dick again, dude. Oh he's no, in- he's just uh he's just at the globe for PWG. Oh, oh, good for him. Good thing he's wearing pants this time. I thought he was going to be him bathing in women. This guy this guy sends, like, more dick pics than Seth Rollins to the rest of the show. I don't know why. And then he never comes on the show. So we can, <laughs> so we can never say, hey, sweet dick, bro, because he's not on here. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Um, anyway, he's at PWG tonight. So, But, yeah, I... Look, this heel turn, very effective. Um, mm-hmm. Drago and Aerostar are perennial favorites, of course. And then pushing Melissa Santos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Casey might be the only one to have a positive reaction to that. Uh, I got to say, most I like... people were shocked and horrified. Like, I've, I'm pretty sure I gasped. I was I, not I, expecting it. I prefer this personality for Phoenix. Uh, I think he's doing everything right, you know, so, yeah. It works too, man. Like I, like I said, I'm not afraid to spoiler it. Just keep watching this incarnation of Phoenix, this heel Phoenix, so worth seeing. Zombie Phoenix, Phoenix Dark, whatever the fuck you want to call him, amazing, good stuff. Because I mean, do you really want to get saddled with time travelers and lizards? I mean, as great as they are as wrestlers, I mean, if you're like if you're like dead, it makes you think about what really matters, and that's spitting a lot. And you know how much, and you know, like Phoenix, even when he wasn't a zombie, spit all the fucking time. If you cheered too loud on the way to the ring, you might get some of his spit in your mouth. And it was fucking gross. And now he's drooling. I think he's not a zombie. I think he just has a saliva gland problem. I think he might be a Bernice Mountain dog now. 
Um, Maybe the level of slobber in the weeks to come is epic. Or I mean, St. Bernard, you know, like he could be the Cujo of professional wrestling. He is. Be amazing. You know, Dub might have been worried about having meat in the tacos, but he should have been worried about giving Phoenix's gimmick because I'm pretty sure he ruined the mats. Ruined. Yeah. You know, you know, Joey Ryan makes the ladies in the temple do something similar. Uh, they ruin the seats constantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now we've seen uh, – Antonio Cueto has an affinity for opening things with interesting tools. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a new gimmick that we're seeing develop here um, because this week um, he had a very, very fancy bottle opener from Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, um, I heard I heard that at the end of the season, he opens a safe with a dildo. Oh, my God. I would yeah. love to see that. I mean, I'd, that'd be terrible. Um <laughs> Trust fund, trust fund moth family from La Jolla. If you've never been to La Jolla, uh, go there and you'll understand Marty's character yeah. very, very quickly. So yeah. he, he comes in with the same amount of uh, cash that his sister bought her title match with. Um, I, I feel like they should make them even more like trust fund people and pronounce it La Jolla. But... La, La Jolla. <laughs> They, uh, I like this angle, and then uh, we get some mystery wads of cash that came after the initial wad of cash for something as of yet undisclosed that Marty would like from Papa Cueto. You know, you know, Justin, this is the only mystery wad I want to see come from Marty the Moth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Could have gone a lot worse. Could have gone a lot worse. Thank you. Oh, it, 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 went a lot, it went a lot worse for me. I will tell you the story of uh, what happened to me. Um, from Marty, I think it was either after next week's match or some other one, but yeah, he's he's. A are you are you saying Marty jizzed on you? Because that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, uh, it was close to that. It was close to that. But I'm going to save that story for for the week it actually happened. So I'll, awesome, I'll awesome. Yeah, you don't want to violate those NDAs, man. Oh my God, this is not this is not covered under any NDA, <laughs> though my lawyers are working on it right now. Uh. Yeah, uh, we we should actually just start an M, an MD uh, an NDA for our listeners so that uh, people have to listen to our podcast instead of like you know other wrestling journalists just stealing our shit and not fucking giving us credit. You know, just say it, just say it. It's been a long time, but I'm still bitter. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, bitter bitterness is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it tastes delicious unless it's a, you know a bitter almond taste, and that means someone's uh, poisoned you with cyanide. That has been your. But your see, here's the weird part for, for me. I'm allergic to almonds too, so they're both basically cyanide for me. Oh shit! You just so how you, would I know <laughs> if I got the cyanide? Because I'm already allergic to nuts. Oh man. Okay, I'll leave them in my pants next time. I'm Thank sorry. You. Thank you. Um, I want to talk real quick. Uh about impact yes yes what about impact justin what about x division competitor brian cage or such things um yeah who he's teaming up with uh the lucha bros um against ove at their upcoming bound for glory i think that's a good thing i i think that that's the last person the lucha bros should just trust but he's had so many versions of his character i don't remember which one hates mexican people now so this is true and it's very strange because every place i mean i guess a lot of these guys are working different gimmicks different places but mm -hmm. like it's one of those things that's got to make you happy for cross because yeah. 
everyone's doing something totally different with Cross, but there is this continuity of character, probably because it's true, <laughs> where he gets to be this raging psychopath pretty much everywhere he goes now. Oh um, yeah, that's that's just that's just our homie, man. That's that's why we love him as a person because that's just him, dude. It's kind of real. I mean, like like yeah, you know, maybe he's not actually murdering people every week, but he is sitting at home watching Natural Born Killers wondering about the feasibility of going on a killing spree. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Well, well you got to respect a guy for that. You know, um we're not going to put him on blast if he's out killing people. He can do whatever he wants, you know, in his free time. Uh, he just doesn't have to kill us. Just, you know, lesser podcasts, which there is a significant number of. Uh, yeah. yeah. I have to say, I, I like what they did with the uh, Katarina Grado angle. Um, I thought that that whole thing was funny where they basically turned on her. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. It was actually pretty well written. I don't know where they go from here because now it feels like the angle's dead. But Yeah, I don't think... Well, she could always get somebody to try to fucking kill him or something, which could be a thing, but... Uh, I don't know. I like I like Grado so much. He's he's just a great person. No, and it's great. And I, I, I like that they're getting that middle of the show time, and they're really letting them, you know, have the time to to work something with the angle and do a little something with it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 all three of those guys are are fairly good performers, and you know, I like their in ring stuff too. It's 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 one of the entertaining portions of the show to me. I'm a big fan of Sammy Callahan, so I've been liking. Mm-hmm. I've been liking a lot of his OVE stuff, though I like him better as Jeremiah Snake right now. I think that presentation is pretty amazing. Um, I am not sold on the Moose, Austin Aries, Kevin Cross thing. I feel, I, I almost feel like it's taking too much away from all three guys. You know, Cross got this great introductory push that, you know, is probably the best one across any promotion this whole year is the best introductory push, except maybe Ronda Rousey. You know, Um, I'm going to say it, Justin, because I don't think other people are going to say it because, you know, politically uh, it's great that they just keep hitching all these wagons to the greatness that is Kevin Cross, you know, uh, because that's clearly what's happening. And uh, hey, good for him, man. If he could get these guys over and plus, you know, like, they had some. They had some pretty cool combination attacks. That Saito and then the fucking spear afterwards. That shit yeah. was dope, man. Okay, and I was I and was I was like, all for that. But, but it was like you know, Moose was getting this big kind of push. It was a face push, but whatever. He was getting a big push a little while ago, and I just and and Austin. I thought you know his whole belt collector thing that he was doing for a minute there was great, and I just it, it's weird because I wonder if this is taking a little something off of all of them. Um, now, the good thing, especially for Cross, and maybe even for Moose, too, is that, you know, we were talking about, man, are Cross and Moose going to have to face each other? Not, not what, a month and a half ago. Um, but now they're actually put together, which was something I never could have imagined ever. So kudos to them for doing something in wrestling at any point in time that I couldn't have imagined. You know, uh, I all I got to say about Moose is he's not even the best wrestler named Moose. And, uh, you know... See, I was thinking Moose Knuckles, because there were like Mickey Knuckles went to TNA and they called her Moose and <laughs> set Knuckles on her pants. So her name was basically Moose, Moose Knuckles. Knuckles. Uh, oh, but then God. there was the great Moose Kolchak that actually used to wear like a, a Mantar style uh, headpiece into the ring. And the only person that gets this reference is Matt Stryker, because I would drop it on him in the wrestling game game and he'd say, I submit, tap, 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 tap. 
Let's play some Pokemon cards instead. Cause <laughs> I, yeah, because that's he could beat me at Pokemon. How about that? <laughs> Does he play Pokemon? I think he oh, looks like a guy that would play Pokemon. Let's just put it that I, I wouldn't put it past him to bust you down with a Charmander. He's like, I am bringing in Charmander, the uh, the fantastic flame. Oh, oh god me. damn it! I don't know shit about Pokemon, dude. I don't uh, either. Oh <laughs> man, that's good stuff, though. I um, wish we were a Pokemon podcast sometimes. So. The one thing I uh, the the one thing I gotta say about uh, Impact, there was a, a part of a promo where Rich Swan comes in. I don't even remember what's happening because the camera work at this particular moment was quite possibly the worst thing I've seen in any professionally televised wrestling show in a oh, long, is, long time. Is this the autofocus thing you were talking about? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure it was like a camera on autofocus in a backstage segment. And there was like a painted mural in the background with like faces and stuff on it. And they're in Toronto. So I don't know if these were Canadian locals or whatever, because a lot of times you don't you don't fly camera people up to Canada because it's just I bet it was I bet it was Rob Viper's fucking ass. Oh my god. I don't know yeah. what I don't know what went down, but all the wrestlers in the foreground were soft focus and the background was perfectly in focus, which is usually <laughs> usually means you put your camera on autofocus because uh, no actual operator's that uh, stupid. Yeah. But my other problem is this is a taped goddamn show. How do you get to air with that? Like I would just cut the whole fucking segment. Like fill with something else. Play play one of your old clips of when, you know, it was TNA Impact and the X Division was the best thing in wrestling. Like Yeah, showcase all the WWE stars that used to be there again. You know? Yeah, I mean like, like doing that. <laughs> oh god, they did it again with their Hall of Fame promo. Like, yeah. hey, let's show you you know, the Dudley boys going into our Hall of Fame and Jeff Jarrett going into our Hall of Fame before they went into the WWE Hall of Fame to announce, you know, that we're doing another one this year. Like, who are they putting in it this year? Oh, fucking Kevin Cross. They, already. They, already. <laughs> that would be amazing. This would be uh, All I want is whoever gets inducted to get killed by Kevin Cross during the induction. Like, that, that's now, how see, I they should do that. Like, a Saito slam through a podium and a steel chair at the same time kind of needs to happen. And then he takes the Rolex and just like fucking puts it in their mouth and then hits them in the back of the head so they swallow it. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I was a little uh I was a little mad at Mundo for not really selling the cross jacket or whatever that, that hold is this week. I thought they were boys. Mm, you know, maybe he kinda just... no sold it a little bit there. I was like, come on, Johnny, you're supposed to kinda go out from that, bro. You know, Johnny's too nice of a guy for me to suggest what I would normally suggest when someone no sells a submission hold like that, which is cinch it in. Yeah. No, I don't, well, and and again, him and Cross are our friends. I know, so I, I know. I don't, Kevin was probably just like, come on, man, what the fuck? Fucking sell it, man. No. I, <laughs> no, yeah, Cross, Cross yeah, yeah, I don't think Cross would, would hurt him with it. You never know, though. Hey, you know what? Being, being friends with Kevin Cross is just just means you're living on borrowed time instead of being in his sights immediately. You know what I mean? So, well, next week is uh, the first Mexico episode, I believe. So that'll be interesting to see. It's going to be a we'll definitely cover it. It's going to be a, a lot more lucha libre feeling impact, which is probably good because right now um, this episode in particular. Felt very light on talent. They've had a lot oh, of people yeah. kind of disappear. Dude, these, these Mexico tapings sound pretty good from the hints that Rob Viper was dropping on his Twitter. So there's going to be some good wrestlers there having some very good matches, and you do not want to miss it. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm fucking I'm chilling for Impact right now. Okay, that's how good it sounds. It's been a different world. Like, and look, Impact is clearly it's clearly a televised indie at this point. It's not. Uh, it's not like you know the number two brand out there like it once was. Um, but I don't know that that's a bad thing. And I kind it's of okay. like it, and it's it's fine. It's like, look, they're going to make missteps, but they're trying stuff. And some stuff is sticking and working, and some stuff is garbage, and then they just don't do it again. Sometimes they do do it again. I don't know. You know, but it it it's keeping it fresh and interesting. I think they're trying to bring in the right talent. I love, still love the LAX angle that they're doing. Like, um, And Conan is going to get back in the ring and wrestle at Bound for Glory 2, which, which should pop a number. I think a lot of people, especially people who listen to this show, will be interested in that. Oh, I hope he throws a shoe at somebody because that is the home of <laughs> shoe throwing Conan. Oh, yeah. man. I hope that's all he does is throws a shoe at someone and pins them. We'll see. All right. So the last wrestling thing I want to get to, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. I want to talk a little bit of WWE. Um, last week, Shawn Michaels, who was announced – um, came out and did a little bit on the whole like Triple H versus uh, Undertaker thing and um, his predictions that, you know, he's the one guy that predicts that Triple H will take the Undertaker. And then uh, Undertaker actually comes out. And the heat, the heat between the two of those guys felt good. I, I was like, wow, also, these two old uh, fucks, really? They're popping a crowd with this tired old angle. And it, it, it worked on me. I was man, like, damn, man. I'm kind of stoked. I gotta, I gotta also give props to Taker for the sick shirt that he wore at Flair's wedding because it was a pretty badass shirt, man. Like I want it. Like wherever you guys can find that button up Taker was wearing, let me know. I want to buy one. You know what is uh, what is equally as surprising is uh, if you go and find pictures of Kane as a mayor now, mm-hmm. it's it's weird. He's like old and fat and and a mayor. I just love that. Not only did Ric Flair never learn and got married once again. Undertaker was at his wedding and nobody got Tombstone. That's why you invite Undertaker and not Kane to your weddings. Right. Exactly. Because that's the way it's supposed to go down. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And this week they brushed off Mick Foley, who is now going to be the, it's the 20th anniversary of him doing dumb shit in the Hell in the Cell. Um, So he's going to be the referee for Roman and Braun, who neither of which are going to do anything that epic i don't think i mean i hope this means that he's just gonna pull a barbed wire bat from under the well they did two by fours there barbed wire two by four from under the ring and drop it in the center of the ring and say have at it gents that's how he should ref this match i feel i feel like there is a big spot of some kind coming you know we've seen these guys turn over ambulances and do big table spots and stuff but you know the way they do them they're they're huge 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 guys you know, they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be falling from the top of the cage or anything, but you might see something crazy like Braun turns over the entire cage or ring or something crazy like that. Like, you know, he lifts the cage up or something crazy. Um, I got to say, though, Mick Foley was a good ref for the Hell in a Cell match between Nash and Triple H, which is a lot better than it sounds on paper. That was actually a kind of good match. Um, I liked the weapon work they did in that because it all made sense, and they kept going back to weapons they had instead of just pulling new shit out. And uh, I like that. And somebody got stabbed with a screwdriver, or they tried to, and that I I always love that. That's why I love that War as Hell match. More screwdriver stabbings in professional wrestling. (laughs) More screwdriver seven. I'm a big fan of skewers. Yeah, skewers are pretty great. I'm but I down still for like that. thumbtacks. I'm, you know, like the people forget the thumbtack 
parts of that match when Undertaker drops the tombstone on Foley with the fucking thumbtacks and Taker got him all up in his knees and the side of his arms too. That to me was tremendous. I, I love that match. I remember watching that live on pay-per-view and you know, Mick Foley's always been one of my favorite wrestlers. He was actually the first heel I ever cheered when he was in WCW. Uh, yeah, yeah. When I, I was cheering Cactus over Sting, bang, 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 which I, which probably makes me float really angry. Um, I would cheer almost anybody over Sting in WCW. Oh, just because he was really dumb, and that was his character, right? Like he would always trust someone and get fucked over, and it would happen repeatedly. Like he was like the dumbest person in wrestling. Yeah, he was like the guy who was so dumb he wasn't even in Point Break. Me. And, yeah, and you know, Dustin Rhodes in WCW was the second dumbest because he trusted Arn Anderson. Come on, come yeah, on. That, that was not not wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know what to really expect with that match. And and look, WWE. I'll give them props. They're coming off of a great pay per view with SummerSlam. Um, but I don't know. Like that match, Braun and Roman is what I'm supposed to be expecting something big from. Like, I'm not expecting anything big out of... Uh, what else we got? Uh, oh, fucking Joe and AJ, dude. That no, AJ be- and Joe will be great. That's just That'll just be fun to watch. That's that's 25 minutes of solid entertainment, period. Doesn't yeah, matter what and- happens to me. Doesn't matter who wins or loses. Don't care. That's just a good match. Again. And that, the cage is just there to keep AJ's wife off of Samoa Joe's Are they even doing match? that one in the Hell in Cell? See, that's the other thing. I don't, I don't even remember. Do I don't know. Gimmicked pay-per-views... You know, everyone's like, I'll see you at Hell in a Cell or Hell in a Cell. But then only like one or two of the matches get to actually be in the the cage. I think it hasn't been officially announced as a Cell match, but people think it's going to be, which I hope it is. I mean, it's going to be a good match anyway. When have these guys had a bad match with each other, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's just crazy that those two guys are fighting over the WWE championship. Uh, well, I'm almost surprised great. that Ronda versus Alexa is not in the cage also, just so Ronda could talk about how, you know, once I get you in a cage kind of thing. But maybe they'll save that angle for some time. Oh, God, I wouldn't be surprised if that's just so they can have interference in the match. Um, let's see. Then you got Becky and Charlotte, which, you oh, know. Oh, Master of the Skies, Becky Lynch. <laughs> that That's a great wrestling gimmick that I think doesn't get enough mileage. So uh, that's pretty great. Um. Okay, here's here's one that I find uh, so tragic. Jeff Hardy, who I feel is really in a great place with his current incarnation and reinvention, which he loves to do, and sometimes it completely fails and he becomes comp- just totally irrelevant for months or years on end. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he comes up with an incarnation that's that works. Like he's doing this new eye paint thing or whatever. Well, um, yeah, he did it in TNA too, but yeah, yeah I mean, it looks I think cool. It's, I think it's working right now. It puts him as a really credible top of the mid card guy where he has been most of his career and deserves to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's actually really interesting. And even the promos he's cutting in this feud are interesting. He is very interesting. Yeah, which Jeff Hardy, interesting promo. What it, world am I in right now? Rare, rare, and so. Yeah. And then you finally get Jeff Hardy getting all the right things behind him and going, and he's in a feud with Randy Orton. Yeah. Who, who uh, is doing his two-month fall stint that he does every year to keep them kind of afloat until they get into WrestleMania season. Um, and, you know, last year it was the Bray Wyatt thing, right? Oh, 
Oh, oh, oh, terrible. And, uh, and, yeah, like, I don't like Randy Orton. He's always been one of my least favorite wrestlers. Uh, it's basically like him, Sheamus, and Dolph Ziggler are my least favorite WWE wrestlers, and it seems like they're always on whenever I turn it on. Well, yeah, and Dolph, Dolph is definitely a snooze fest to me right now. But Randy Orton is like, I, I don't get it. Like, he's not a bad performer. He can cut a decent promo. He's giant. He's almost yeah. as big as Brock Lesnar. I mean, it's the guy's like, huge. when is the, why is it that the only time I've been, been entertained with him was his feud with Mark Henry, which was a fucking shit, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that was great, but that was all Mark Henry being awesome because he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what it is. I don't, I, I don't know why Randy Orton is such a miss. Like, I can't, I couldn't put my finger on why I don't want to see Randy Orton. I really couldn't. I couldn't tell you a good reason. And like, in fact, you know, I just want to say that if people want to shit on me saying Mark Henry was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, um, go listen to TwitWow instead of our podcast. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. <laughs> I actually like I've always liked Mark Henry. Oh dude, he's fucking awesome. Like his world's strongest man championship run where he was just murdering everyone was fucking beautiful. That and his fake retirement with the salmon jacket, or as Byron says, Salmon. Salmon. Yeah, that that was pretty good too. What up, Paulie Cross in the chat room? Oh, is is he shitting on Mark Henry? I know. Not Paul- yet. No, he just came in with a woo. I think he was at Ric Flair's wedding. Oh, that that's that's good. Um, that that picture with all the tongue kind of fucked me up a little bit, man. Um, so what else we got? We got the Ronda Alexa AJ Smo. We talked about that one. Um, Jeff Hardy versus oh D Bry and Bree versus the Miz and Maurice. Okay, in a, that one's in a cell, right? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. And then no, you got is, then but... you got your this is your favorite match on this card, Casey. Uh, Ziggler and Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Hey, you know, it, it it sucks because I used to love Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, and now I could not give less of a fuck Dude, about either of them. Look at Dean Ambrose. He is so over it. He could not give a fuck. There's no reason to care about him because I don't think that he cares about you. Like he does not. I don't think he cares about anything he's doing in the ring. I don't think he cares about being with his homies. I don't think he cares about his gimmicks. His I do not think he cares. The dude just shows up to work, does whatever the fuck they say, kind of does it, whatever, and then goes to the back and takes a shower and goes home and has a can of beer. Hey, I, I just don't. I think he's just totally over it at this point. He needs he needs a break. Hey, it's. You know, it sucks because he, he just had a break. <laughs> well, I know, but I'm like, and, and, and I feel like he came back fresh for one taping. And then after that, he's just been kind of listless. Yeah, he was so fired up for that one entrance. Just that one, though. And and I don't know if he gets it or not. And, and maybe it's just hard to maintain that 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 level. But the only time he's fun and exciting is when he's on the lunatic fringe, is when he's that amped up ridiculous guy like he's you know he needs to get some of that stone cold back where well i never thought he was stone cold i always thought but i mean that that some he needs to switch up his gimmick so that he can do kind of a brooding angry thing and then go wild See what he needs to be is because he was always kind of charlie from always sunny in philadelphia right right he needs to be like when charlie was on steroids in that one episode where he was, <laughs> yeah where he was angry charlie fucking do that man 
Yeah, he needs he needs a little something. He needs a kick in the pants. Uh, and then you got uh, New Day versus Rusev Day now, um, which is would be interesting. I like the the Rusev Day, the Aiden English Rusev Lana thing that they're doing. Oh, dude, Rusev is great. Uh, he would be he would be a top contender in Wang. I don't know if I would put a belt on him. Uh, it depends on what kind of monster mask he'd like to wear. I think I'd actually just give him a Tong Po gimmicks since that's his nickname on Up Up Down Down. Uh, but you know, I'd I'd love to see Rusev uh, do a tag run with Aiden English. I think that would be thoroughly entertaining. I think they've got a little bit of that Elias uh, magic going right now. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> Aiden English is great. Um, member of the Guerrero family. What's not to love, right? <laughs> um all right that's uh i gotta talk some some i'm gonna talk about the contender for a minute oh yeah dude because uh it needs help well look it's weird there's not a lot of people watching it um but not a lot of people get that fucking channel i know not a lot of people get yeah. epics but then also within the people who do get it you know how many of them are boxing fans you know boxing people watch hbo and showtime but that's also the reason why they're putting this show on Epics is to try to get those people to subscribe. Um, and it makes sense. It's a loss leader for them. It's like they're doing something of a, a high quality level to bring people in. You know, and you've got to have a few of those flagships early on. It's, it's the same thing with Lucha Underground and El Rey. Uh, maybe it's just Van Wagner's calling card now as he, he gets to be the guy that makes these great high quality shows um, that are there to prop up a whole network as opposed to being on a network that can prop up the show. Um, so, but I got to tell you, it, it's definitely one of my favorite sports reality shows of all time. Uh, and, and I've made a few and, and this dwarfs it because of some of the stuff that they're doing They're, You know, this Michael Moore kid who's from Cleveland is clearly their reality show villain, but they're not playing him that way. You know, they're showing some of his interactions. They're showing some of the dick stuff that he does. But they're not doing like what The Bachelor does, where they turn him into this cartoonish reality show villain and, and hinge commercial breaks on it and, and promos for the next week. Uh, yeah. You know? uh, the Bachelor just stops short of them twirling their fucking mustache half the time. Well, exactly. And, and which is part of why a show like that can be entertaining. Like you're yeah. watching it because you expect them to do that. You, you expect right. them to turn somebody into fucking Wiley Coyote every season. Um, but the, the, the contender is not even doing what ultimate fighter would do with a guy like that, you know, mm -hmm. where they, where they play it up and give you some of those antics and whatnot. Some of the stuff that real MMA fans never liked about ultimate fighter. Um, they're not doing it. They're just kind of documenting what he's doing. They're talking about it a little bit, but then they'll redeem him by telling you how much he loves his daughter or showing a, a, a sincere family moment with the guy later. Um, well, see, Ultimate Fighter had to dial back the annex a little bit because they had people jerking off on the people's food and shit. That's, uh, that's a little too much on the antics. Yeah, yeah. they had to take it, take it down a notch. But, yeah. you know, and there there is a lot of... You know, a lot of these fighters are are rough and from the streets. And then you've got a couple of guys who aren't, who are kind of uh, prodigies and protégés of people that, you know, come from way more refined backgrounds and high-end gyms and don't mm -hmm. have those kind of hardships in their lives. So you do have an interesting dynamic in there. But they're telling these stories like it's NFL films. It's like that Hard knock show on HBO that, that you know, I've been watching with the Browns training camp. It's like this real uh, great documentary storytelling. And the look is phenomenal. 
And the thing I love the most about the contender, and you feel it a little bit with Lucha Underground too, is any sporting event or anything portraying a sporting event that is taped, mm-hmm. don't try to make it feel like a live event. Right. Don't. There's no reason to. There's you know. no reason to. I mean, sports is televised and broadcast a certain way because that was the only way to tell that story a long time ago. You know, it was a, a radio guy or it was highlights over a telegraph was where these things started for people who weren't there for, you know, you, you would get commentary and the, the whole commentary thing came from radio where you couldn't watch it. So somebody had to explain it yeah, to you. Yeah. And then one day we married the pictures with the words uh, and, and people have always walked this line of how much do you describe what people are seeing you know, and, and which is why it's always I always like to turn on a baseball game, but listen to a radio broadcast of it. Did, did I ever tell you about my grandpa, how he hated commentators? So he would mute every sporting event he watched. And then, like, I'd watch wrestling and he's like, I don't see how you could watch it with these idiots jawing the whole time. Well, and, yeah. And it's it, it almost makes me feel like, man, I, I wish there was a way to do wrestling that way where, where you didn't have the commentary the same way because in the contender you don't have the commentary they're playing the fights real time but guess what in boxing there's moments of lag and when you're editing it why have moments of lag instead they cut to andre ward in the crowd telling you his thoughts real time to sergio moro who's sitting next to him and they're doing like real like dude sitting on the row analysis of like oh man he's got to pivot that foot if he wants to get that punch next time and that's it and then it's back into the fight with no commentary. And then they'll pop out to, to one of the corner men like, you got to pop the jab and move underneath him. Move underneath him. And then they come back into the fight. You know, so you're getting just these little clips and it's yeah. telling a complete story. And then, you know, you've had the background package with the family in the locker room because they don't do any home follow. Everything is all at the camp. Everything is all in the building the interviews where they talk about their, their lives. They did one weird thing where a guy went to a dog pound or something this past week where I was like, I don't know about that, huh. but there's, but there's no home follow or anything. It's these guys telling their stories, but you get completely engrossed in it. Like you're reading a novel and it's, it's the, the, the least insulting version of any kind of reality TV that I've ever seen. And I make the shit, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> So I've just and, been, and some may say Justin's shows are the most insulting. No, actually, I mean some uh, of them are. Some that of them would are. actually go to Byron probably. No, that's probably for having the headbangers on his show and not ours. That was a pretty big insult to us. That was fucking low. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. That was that's a low. dick move, man. Um. So anyway, I I just the the, the way they're doing the storytelling on the show, um, and, and you know, this isn't me sucking off EV Dub at all. Because believe me. If it was crap, I'd be more than happy to tell him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would just, yeah, we're that we would just make fun of him to no end. Just like he yeah. makes fun of, of Roach and, and DJ doing Big Brother stuff. Like, you know, there's play and they make fun of him doing the contender and all sorts of shit or uh, the, the celebrity apprentice shit. You know, look, we all bust each other's balls to a certain extent, but this show is really fucking good. I just don't even know how to say it. So anyway, go to Evie Dub's page. I don't have the link. Maybe I'll post it later, but it looks like they're running the first episode of the show free. Um, I think the second episode is a little bit better, but the the first episode is pretty good. The fight, the fight just isn't um, the same quality that the second episode's fight was. And all these fights have been good so far. 
I say don't retweet it. Make them find Eric Van Wagnen's page because if you listen to this show and you don't follow Eric Van Wagnen, you're fucking up. Yeah, kind of, kind of. This is a little bit of a Eric Van Wagen appreciation show at times, but that's because we genuinely like some of the shows that he makes. Um, yeah, and he's and he's a good dude, man. Like he he's a great guy and a great guest on the show. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up a couple of things about these episodes. Episode three, like I said, was on when we were recording last week, so I didn't talk about it. But uh, Michael Moore, who's the homeboy from Cleveland, who's also kind of the villain on the show somehow. Yeah, he's course, the guy that made uh, Bowling for Columbine. If uh, people not that Michael Moore, oh. totally different one. Okay, yeah, I was wondering what his ring shape would be like. So. <laughs> oh God! Wow, physically completely the exact opposite. Oh, that's um, that's good for boxing, definitely. Yeah. He faced off against Malcolm McAllister uh, last week. Um, who a lot of people thought had a chance. He's this real kind of spiritual guy. He had some some messed up shit in his past. Like Malcolm tells this horrifying story of his father hanging his mother upside down by her ankle and threatening him and her and the family with a gun until the cops came. Man, there there was a there was another really horrifying story I heard that um, his family left his brother Kevin home alone when they went to Europe once. And then there was another one that they left him in New York by himself. Oh, totally similar to that. Totally yeah. similar to the the white child of privilege being left behind on a family vacation to some awesome place. For those of you that don't know, Malcolm was Buzz McAllister's real name in Home Alone. Uh, they just never said it in the movies, but he's fighting on the contender now. Malcolm McAllister and Michael Moore. So there's. Oh God! Did you do you do you know what really happened to Buzz McAllister? No. He wrote. He did a documentary about how he's in love with Condoleezza Rice. Like actually trying to get like. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. People should look it up. It was on Amazon Prime, and I didn't watch it, and I don't think it's on there anymore. Because uh, I, I, I don't think I'd be able to take much of it. But yeah, yeah. He looks exactly the same as he did when he played Buzz. Maybe just a little more heavy set, and he's in, he's in love with Con. Rice. You know what is on Amazon right now um, is the final version of Bobby Razak's movie about my homeboy Charles Mask Lewis. Uh, it's just called Mask, I believe. Oh shit! Did that just go up, dude? I've been wanting to see that. It's been on there for a couple of weeks, and the, the ending, the ending is a little more telling now. the The original ending, when he just had it up on Vimeo, and when he premiered it a couple of years ago, um, didn't have kind of the end of the story with the you know, the tap out clothing brand going to WWE and kind of where the other guys are at now and, and, you know, kind of more supposition about how Charles would feel about how things went, though. He doesn't really like, he doesn't editorialize. He just kind of states the facts. That um, they, that they turn their logo into a penis and balls. Yeah. Basically. Well, yeah. Charles probably would like that. That would have been, <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, and I think that the design that, that they're using was actually one that was created before Charles passed. He had this kind of T.O. brand like he had, a, um, you know, a, a nice clothing version where he's kind of do some upscale stuff. And then he was going with an athletic version. Then he was going with just straight fight wear. So they had kind uh. of these different lines going. And now it's turned almost completely into the athletic version. Yeah, they're um, basically like Under Armour, but with a much cooler heritage to their story. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's still it's still weird for us that know the old 
old school days of it. But anyway, so that's up on uh, Amazon right now. You should check it out. Like uh, Mask was probably the most influential, you know, person not in my family that's been in my life. So um, check it out. Show them the tattoo. Show them the tattoo, Justin. Oh, the my Believe Inc. He used to always say simply believe or just believe. And then yeah. it's kind of like a tap out logo with like a 100% in there. He's so, a good dude. Yeah, so there you guys go. You believe that Justin is telling you the truth when he's <laughs> one of the most influential people because we just proved it with the ink work, sir. Yeah, that's the only ink I ever got. I still want some more, but that was that was the one that got me off my ass. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get some ink from my man. Can't, can't wait until you get that MMM show logo on your lower back, Justin. I'm actually thinking about doing it up here. I think I might actually do it for real just because I, I, you know, I like Charlie's artwork and – and even if we don't do the show ever again, we have spent two years of our lives doing it, so I can immortalize it for another. Whoa, whoa! Week. It's only been two years. I could have sworn it's been like seven. It might have been like three. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> we've we've done a lot of these, and we've taken I, a lot of time off. I mean, you know, yeah. Conan Conan started his podcast after ours, and they hit 100 before us because they go every week. And um, also, I've probably been on about two years worth, and we even if we did seven years, uh, yeah. But yeah. you know what? I'm the most consistent fucking co-host you have, Justin. You are right Wait, now, that's for yeah. sure. On Fridays, I am, because I have no fucking life. All I do is teach and fucking go to school and well, work. Well, look, let's face it. We're not Jimmy V, neither of us, and we're the ones that picked this fucking time slot, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All these other uh, guys definitely are not picking this time if, if they had their druthers um neither are the talent by the way if you're wondering why there's no crazy guests on here it's because every guest i've tried to get is like ah fuck you a friday night not doing it i get paid on friday nights actually uh i heard it was the curse of the mmm show where every single person we have on this show gets killed on lucha underground watch out cobra moon i think you're the only well no on kevin cross Kevin Cross is still alive. We haven't uh, even seen Kevin Cross get in a ring on Lucha Underground yet. Is he even a Lucha Underground performer? Do we even know? I don't know. That that White Rabbit guy kind of looks like him. Uh, I mean, it could have been like a honky-tonk thing where he just comes in for one vignette and that's it. Dude, that would be awesome if, you know, uh, he started imitating Elvis every once in a while. Like, maybe, like, if he got hit in the head and he just thought he was Elvis for a minute. This is the worst booking ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. And, uh, and, uh, let's see. So DJ would name him King Elvis. King Elvis. Uh, that would be, that would be the extent of DJ naming, uh, King, King Elvis cross. Would he go that far? Or would he just call him guitar swinging brawler? Oh, uh, oh yeah. He, he'd be, he'd be Kevin guitar. <laughs> Kevin uh, guitar. Yeah. But, but no, it had no, to be no. It'd be more obvious than that. It'd be like Kevin guitar shot. Yeah, but it, it has to be pronounced guitar, though. Guitar, uh, okay. Yeah, so that he kind of sounds like Pindar. Uh, Pindar. Man, I miss that dude. Where's his head? I don't know. Pindar is uh, Spanish for my zipper doesn't work, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds... It's like a false cognate in Spanish because it totally sounds like it should be something about, like, the dick or balls, right? Did, but it's did not a Meatloaf Spanish Did buy really. up all of his masks? Steve Payne's selling off all his masks, right? Uh, I don't. I don't know about this because I don't put things on blast unless I know they're okay to put on blast. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Nobody listens to this show. To oh, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, All right, I was talking about the contender. So this yes. kid, Michael Moore, um, 
Definitely is trying to get in everyone's heads. Uh, I feel like he got in McAllister's head a little bit. Yeah, I made a fucking documentary about him. And then uh, this this wasn't... I, I wouldn't say that Michael's fight was the best one. Though I like Michael the best, and I think he's going to go far in this whole tournament setup. Um, he does beat McAllister. Uh, but there was a lot of times where, you know, eh, he would... He would go in, he would make a great move, but then he would kind of stop. And I think he gets called out by Andre Ward in the the follow-up episode, the next episode about it, where Andre was like, man, if you had come with the overhand left after the jab to the body, you know, you could have put him down, but you were too busy admiring your own work. Um, Dude, that's why he would, be a, he would be an awesome Rudo he needs to be he needs to become a luchador because that's what rudos do dude they do a move and then they like flex and shit and that's what good guys can get their shit in what and up tex tex is in the chat room now too what's going I, on I, I don't know who tex is man i don't know i don't know is that texas texas Texan spaniard yeah yeah uh, yeah i i i i all I assume all of these people are Zeus King Dark with just like different names because they everyone kind of looks like Zeus King Dark that listens to our show, pretty much. Uh, like I don't know if I know what anybody looks like anymore. I don't pay enough attention. Oh no, because I've watched their podcast a few times too. So uh, who? How many people have fucking podcasts now? Jesus! All of us, Casey. That's the whole point. You get a podcast and you just listen to other people's podcasts, and then they listen to your podcast, and it's well, just. It's, is, it's basically a circle jerk of podcasting. Where's Andre Nichols' podcast? I want to hear that. Dude, he's too busy wrestling. Yeah, I know. He rules. Actually dude. wrestling. He rules. Uh, yeah, you guys uh, talk to him about that because he's awesome. Yeah, he, yeah, somebody said put up or shut up, and he's just straight put up. Yeah, yeah, dude. He's he's living the dream of the entire MMM show, except for Jim, whose dream was to have sex until his penis falls off. Uh, oh, yeah. his dream was to be Jim. Uh, no, that's that, yeah. Jim's dream was to be Jim, and he's living his own dream. Yeah, yeah. I wish we yeah. could all be living Jim's dream. Um, anyway, so that 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 episode was great. That was episode three. Episode four. Um, I love it because at the beginning of the episode, you get to follow the winner from the previous episode. Uh-huh. They actually kind of leave you on a low note with a little bit of the loser, and I didn't even realize for the first few episodes that. When you lose, you're out. You're gone. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, dude. And I like that better about it. Like, it's not like Ultimate Fighter where right. you have these guys hang you, these hangers. No, it's it's more real. It's like, bro, you lost. Get the fuck out of here. You're not getting TV time. You're not getting extra training. You don't get shit. Straight, straight up face off status. Which, yeah, uh, when you by the way, or go the fuck home. Face off isn't a show anymore, Justin. Uh, yeah, last I've, season was last yeah, but you know <laughs> what? A lot, of the, last season. a lot of the people that work on the show are going to be at Monster Palooza. In fact, V. Neal is judging the costume contest along with Rick fucking Baker. Wow. Yeah. That's a pull. And those uh, those costume contests are the shit. Um, yeah, that's that's that sounds like fun. Now I'm going to be salty that I have all this other shit to do tomorrow. Um, so the fight for this, this episode four is... Uh, Gerald Shirell versus you're gonna love this name, Casey. Mm. Quatavius Cash. Quatavius Cash. That that sounds. That's a name, dude. That sounds like a fucking wrestler. Like, look, some parents just go and give their kids a main made up ridiculous nonsense name, and you're just like, you suck as a person. But Quatavius, that and Cash, Quatavius Cash. Like, I don't even know what it means, but as soon as you say it, it's like, damn, that. 
that's some shit. <laughs> Fucking the money maker, Quatavius Cash. That's his wrestling name. And, and these guys, uh, they both walked in undefeated. Cash had been having some trouble um, staying at weight. And this is one of the weird things about these shows and Ultimate Fighter, too, that people don't know about. Um, with Ultimate Fighter, what happens a lot of times is whatever the weight class or division um, that they're fighting at for the Ultimate Fighter is, the guys who show up are typically the weight class below it because you have to stay at weight the whole time. That so you get people horrible. at their real fighting weights as opposed to the ones that they can do you know, in the UFC where you know Tyron Woodley, who walks around at 194 pounds, can all of a sudden be 170 pounds on fight day. Man, yeah. You know? So that guy, that guy must take the biggest shits before Quatavius, fights. all these fights are at 160 pounds, which I believe is middleweight in boxing. Um, but Quatavius walks at like 188 or something. So Damn. he had to stay close to the 160 the whole time. I think they realized that. Uh, Gerald Sherrod picked him out, I think, because of that. Uh, and it paid off. Though there was some back and forth moments. It was a... Uh, it was a good fight, and uh, you know, even though I know a lot of you aren't watching the show right now, oh, Quatavius had another one of these stories, man. You want to talk about heartfelt stories? Just go talk to a boxer and ask them why they fight. You, you, you talk about the easiest producing job in the world. Just sit a boxer down, say, "Hey, man, how's your mom doing?" First of all, and then say, "Why do you fight?" And you're going to get from one of those two questions the craziest story you've ever heard in your life. So this poor guy. His mother had lung cancer, and he's talking to the other guys, like Michael Moore, the guy who had won the episode before, is talking about, like, yeah, man, you know, people ask me, like, how's your mother and whatever, and I'll be like, damn, I'll just say she's doing good, and then I'll realize I haven't talked to her in four or five days or something. And then, you know, so he already is feeling bad, like, shit, I don't talk to my mama enough. And then this guy, Cash, goes into this thing about how – there was one time where, you know, he got a call from his sister and he hadn't been able to make it home. And then basically she ended up with lung cancer. She thought she was coming back and she didn't. And, you know, one day she's not on the other end of the phone call anymore. Oh. And you're just like, oh, bro. Like in every episode seems to have one of these kind of stories where you're just like, damn. And, and it's crazy the way they build these episodes. You want to see everyone win. Like you don't know who any of these fucking guys are. But somehow you watch t- 10, 15 minutes of it, and all of a sudden you care. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, he lost <laughs> with his dead mama and all. Um, oh, oh, with his – oh, Justin. Yeah. Gerald Sherrell won and uh, proposed to his girlfriend with no ring in the ring, which was – honestly, it, like, it felt like a real honest and true moment. Like you know some dude who is trying to come up and win this tournament, hasn't had any money to put a ring on his girl's finger – and he's just like, fuck it, baby. This is the biggest thing that's ever happened in my life, and I want you to marry me. <laughs> oh, Justin, I got one of those stories for you that, oh, doesn't, no. that doesn't end well. Um, it's about the Spider-Man game. One of the developers had uh, had them put on one of the movie theaters that's in the game a proposal to his girlfriend. By the time the game came out, because games take forever to make, they were broken up, and it was still in the game, and people were finding it and tweeting it and all kinds of stuff. Oh. And... Uh, Apparently, worse than bringing your girl to uh, uh, Lucha Underground taping in an MMM show shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's you want to get cursed by an MMM show shirt. Uh, are we selling any merch this week? Never we mind. are. We are actually the uh, the OG striker shirt is uh, still available for sale. 
Awesome, awesome. So if you want to look like someone that would lose at the wrestling name game, or if you want to look all swole like Jim Velasco, buy like three sizes. And we have them in uh, sexy girl cuts too. So yeah, yeah. If you really want to look as swole, if you're a lady who would like to advertise for the MMM show, you know we would greatly appreciate it because we know that the men will buy the shirts if you buy the shirts. <laughs> or, or if you're a voluptuous dude, you know. Um, That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, Dude. yeah. Um, Cause you know, we cannot, we can't all be as ripped as the Samoan nature boy Jim Velasco, but who, but who can? Who can? Truth. Um, so yeah, the contender, excellent. Um, tomorrow, big fight, big fight tomorrow. Who we got? Big fight that you've already seen. Canelo Alvarez is tomorrow. Oh, you know, I'm going to be at Monster Palooza. I thought I thought you were talking about me punching a mummy in the face. No, they're the shittiest Tri- monsters. Triple G Canelo is tomorrow, part two, um, which is just a weird fight. It's like, look, everybody knows Triple G won the first one, basically, but then you've got this Adelaide Bird scorecard, which is just a travesty. Then Canelo gets into all sorts of weird, uh, you know, not USADA issues, but, you know, testing issues. Um, and hasn't done shit since the last fight. And now they're fighting again. And basically, I predict that Triple G is going to get a knockout, maybe eighth, ninth round, somewhere in there. He really has to. Like, they're just, he can't leave any doubt this time. Um, he needs to just move on from this. He's going to get the paycheck. You know, Canelo is, is, is tainted goods at this point. Yeah, him even doing this fight is damaging his brand, in my opinion, but... Yeah. yeah, it's like they, they both kind of need out of this at this point, but it's also the best paycheck for either of them that they're going right. to get. Right. You know? Well, with Floyd not fighting, yeah. I don't even know who's left for, for Triple G after this. Like maybe uh, Charlo Twins or, I don't know, Saunders or somebody. Um, there's just <laughs> – like Triple G needs some other some other guys to come up and really put it I in his face. They should just have him box a bear. <laughs> But at the same time, I'm I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. But again, I I don't I don't see this being an issue for Triple G. Even though he's a little older at this point, I think Natty's gonna definitely uh, has the legs and the stamina that he's just yeah. gonna put work in. And I think he's gonna go harder sooner this time. I think after that last experience, you know, he's not gonna leave doubt this time. I think he's gonna press the pace and and make some real moves, do some real things. Yeah, I'm I'm also pulling for Gunter Gerst Gelmsley. It's <laughs> his name, right? No, no, his real name is Levesque. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh, terrible. Terrible. Horrible. Horrible things we're doing. Uh so anyway, that'll be interesting, but that's my prediction. I'm gonna go ninth round. Triple G knockout ninth round. Um, All right. All right. Oh. I, I can never bet on a guy named fucking Cinnamon. So, uh, Cinnamon Steven Cinnamonson. Uh, okay, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be your Wang name. We've decided. <laughs> cinnamon. And you can like you can make people do the cinnamon challenge. Like you can shove a teaspoon of cinnamon in their mouth and oh then like God. start like oh. coughing and shit. Shit, that's a solid gimmick. I shouldn't be giving that shit away for free. Bar Dude, whatever you guys, it. whatever you guys did with me in Fire Pro, I'm plenty happy with. Just leave that gimmick. Oh, see, we need to do we need to do more. Like we haven't shown Byron put you in like a banana hammock for one no! of your outfits, like a, no. a bright red one. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you're the outlaw LA Red. 
got to oh. wear the red banana hammock. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, see, so you usually win by um, giving someone a hand job. Uh, it's actually the groin claw, but we know it really happens. No, Byron, no, it's just it's a claw. It's a vicious move. I don't care about the rules. Um, I just want to flaunt them and choke and and murder people and and rip their units the, off. It's the it's the brutal vast effort's claw. So Byron usually wins by sitting on someone's face and yelling "eat shit," uh, which is pretty amazing. That's that sounds like him playing hockey. It sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, it does. Except you know he's the one with someone's asshole, and you, you know he's got his asshole in someone's. Well, I mean, mouth. he'd prefer it be that way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, they call him um, Byron Salad Turk. He's yeah, a, he's a giver. They call him the Salad King for some reason. Um, but yeah, uh, something about him peeling potatoes too. I forget what. But yeah, <laughs> man, it's it's a pretty solid gimmick. Uh, never name a boxer cinnamon. That's just terrible. It's never, he sounds never like. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if it's in another language. You um, know, it's yeah. I gotta talk a little UFC, even though that was last weekend, but. Bam, that was a good UFC. There was some crazy shit. I don't know if you watched it, Case, but... Um, uh, I saw the most brutal knockout I've ever seen in my fucking life, but that was the only one I saw. Which one? Uh, oh, fuck, from the, um, from the pre-show. Uh, oh, I, see, I didn't damn. even watch all the pre-show. Uh, damn, there was a pretty brutal knockout there that probably got knockout of the night. There was uh, a bunch of crazy shit. There was... Uh, Oh God, Tatiana Suarez beat the holy fuck out of Carla Esparza. Just, you know, made oh shit! Didn't we, didn't we both have Carla Esparza? Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely did. Um, Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Hey, I said it right. Oh shit! Um, Bless you. Okay, so first Aljo, Aljamain, the man. He hits the first. Uh, leg crank of the night. It was basically, it's basically like a knee bar thing, but he rolled into it and got it on the mat. On yeah, uh, straight Cody's up. Uh, if you watch a gif of it, it was straight up Minoru Suzuki status, and it was fucking amazing. Oh my god, completely real, super creative, and very intentional. Some people thought it was a fluke or bullshit, but Aljo works that kind of stuff all the time. Um, Aljo's biggest problem to me has been that he hasn't really been applying himself. Um, but you could just see. This whole time, he was looking for angles. He was working angles. Um, and I'd, I'd love to see the kid get a good run now because he was on a, a little losing skid. There. And you don't luck into a fucking leg lock. You might luck into an ankle pick, but you also end up giving your leg up to the other guy. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, lucked, yeah. he lucked into a position, but seeing that as a possibility right there was definitely skill. Um, now, Zabit Magomedov Shapira was uh, – dang it. Bless I knew I wasn't going to get that right twice in one night. Magomed Sheripov. Oh shit! I just unlocked the Spider-Man 2099 costume. Oh shit! Oh, I like 2099. Yeah, he's the man. I actually read that for a while. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet this costume right now. So Zabit oh, no. also got a similar version of the move, the more standard version, and completely set it up like four moves in advance. Like he's playing chess with these guys. This Zabit dude is legit and scary and still needs a fucking nickname, as we discussed last week. But it was exactly, that fight went down exactly as we uh, predicted. Also, Jim Miller and Diego Sanchez both picked up wins over their respective average white guys who were mm -hmm. white guys named White and were very average. Mm -hmm. um, they were kind of gimme fights for those dudes. 
Jim Miller um, is the first to hit 30 wins, I think, in the UFC after that fight. Something crazy. Wow. Um, which really? is nuts because he's been fighting with Lyme disease for the last four years wow. or something crazy. And that fucks your stamina. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's and I mean, it's a big part of why I think he might have been on that losing streak, but, you know, now he's back. Um, and he got the big win. So Show, he's gonna showing, those, showing those fucking spirochetes who's boss right there. Yeah, and, and and Diego's still fighting too, which is uh, great. Yeah. Another one I got wrong, but it makes perfect sense. Jessica Andrade knocked Carolina Kovacavich out. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love Carolina. Got all the heart in the world. Boy, was she outmatched. It just didn't. It wasn't uh, a thing for her. It was not a good night. Oof. Um, and, uh, not, not a good night for our fucking predictions either, apparently. Well, and Tyron did not win the way that I thought he was going to win. He got his first submission in the UFC. He hasn't gotten a submission since like three fights before he even got to the UFC. Um, he got the, the Tony Ferguson Darce choke. Nice. And on uh, a very shock and dismayed Darren Till. <laughs> I, I love, I love the Darce choke. I love that move. And it's one that we never studied in jujitsu. And I wish we did because it's so, you cool. know, it's, it's funny because not a lot of people thought it was practical at first, but then, uh, um, uh, Hinzo and, and Eddie Bravo both started kind of teaching it to their guys mm-hmm. and, and I think it was more their guys that figured out how effective it was. Because it was a move that really started coming up in some of the low-level promotions. You never yeah. saw it in UFC. Wasn't it Mayhem that did the first one in a, like, a really high-profile fight? Yeah, it was a strike force fight, I think. Um, and then you saw Ferguson do a couple of them in UFC, and then yeah, they yeah. came with um, you know, and, and the guys have been trying it in Japan for a while, and it wins every now and then in Japan. But yeah, in the UFC, it wasn't really something that had made it into these camps. Like, no one at Jackson's camp was doing it. No one at ATT was doing it. Um, but now, hey, you got Tyron Woodley fucking winning by Darce Choke. That's um, awesome, man. And and I feel bad for Till because I mean I it's his first loss. The guy just didn't even know what hit him. I don't think uh, I I don't think he's in a good headspace right now. It, it's like, did we really need more reasons to fear Tyron Woodley? And now now he's got submission skills. That yeah, we, I mean, we and are and not I, taking. Seriously. I hope he's getting some respect out of it now. You know, because he was kind of on on Demetrius Johnson status for a while there, where. People are sleeping on him and hating on him, and there's uh, there's definitely some racial tension out there. Like, people who don't like black folks definitely don't like Tyron Woodley. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, and he came black. out repping Ferguson with his interest entrance music this week, and uh, you know, and then you got this Colby Covington thing looming, and Colby uh. is, is is friends with Trump. Like, I, I feel like we're we're heading to the race war fight between Colby Covington, Jim Jim's favorite, and. Uh, Tyron Woodley. Oh, how awesome would it be for Tyron to fucking murder that guy? Oh my god, <laughs> that would be so amazing. The promos going up to it will get them kicked off of like five different networks, probably. But you know, I don't know. I mean, Colby's stuff is so scripted at this point. It's still entertaining to me. Like, I, I just can't hate on Colby. Maybe it's my love of wrestling that I like heels too much. I, I can't hate on the guy. I don't agree with anything that he's saying. Uh, but I also don't know if he does. You know uh, what I mean? Oh yeah, like he's he's basically doing Cage's character in AAA uh, in real life. Uh, yeah, yeah, and not even and not even hitting it that strong. But I mean, like, look, it, it's working. 
you know, you get black folks in the city and hillbillies in the country all behind a UFC fight. Isn't that pretty much the target demographic? Uh, I don't know. That sounds more like pro wrestling to me, but, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's interesting. Um, and then we'll talk more about the, the upcoming Connor shenanigans next week. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. So and maybe, maybe I'll get my boy Kui back on here and we can talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about this Tyron thing with him. I, uh, the future of Tyron is bright, though. Um, look, Colby yeah. Covington right now is the biggest thing he's got to deal with in his weight class uh, for his next fight. That's A, a payday. Um, mm. B, not a fight he's going to lose. Like, right. if Colby wins, uh, God bless him. I don't see it happening. I'll predict it right now. Uh, right. Tyron is uh, nursing some hand injuries from beating the fuck piss out of Darren Till's face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he said like the first sh- shot he hit him with hurt. And then, you know, he started throwing elbows for most of the rest of the fight too. just vicious elbows. And I'm a huge fan of elbows. Um, but man, like that fight needed to be stopped. It needed to be over because Darren took some damage. Um and which is good for Tyron. I mean, he looked great. He finally had a, an opponent that was a credible and B that he put beat the piss out of because <laughs> that's yeah. what you need. Yeah. To be, to be really great. That's what you want. You want opponents that look bad as fuck beating up everybody else, but then are completely outmatched by you. Sounds good you know? to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, or you want to be Connor where all of your opponents are better than you and somehow you fucking win anyway. Yeah, and, and like just you can fucking go completely crazy and throw guardrails at people and still have a job. He, you know what? He is, he is He's achieved, getting sued now, though. He has achieved perfect Sid status, okay? He basically did the equivalent of stabbing one of your coworkers and then coming back and being made champion. Yeah, he's really, he really is Sid. He is, so. he, he's, uh, he's the Irish Sid. Oh, I'll tell you the thing that Colby did that I loved. The part of his promoing that I loved was him basically saying that Tyron had won the number one contender spot and, oh. and totally disrespecting his belt. And I, I don't disagree with them. The fact that they called Tyron the undisputed champion when yeah, that's at, the moment the fight, <laughs> at the moment the fight started, there's an interim belt out there. I don't care if Colby's being stripped of that belt or not. Anytime you have a sitting guy with a belt, whether it's interim or not, in your weight division and you're in a title fight, it is disputed. Right. This that's, is that's the very of definition. <laughs> exactly. The UFC keeps doing this. They keep calling the, the real belt the undisputed belt and the other one the interim belt. But it's like, no, it's not. It's just the championship belt. It's not the undisputed one. He's not right. the undisputed champion. Maybe and and as much as I love Tyron, he is not the undisputed champion right now. Right. Do I think yes. Colby deserves to be interim champion? Fuck no. But he no. is. Yeah, so he's going to have to die for his sins, and uh, Tyron's going to be the one to do that. Yeah, and whether Colby walks to the ring with his belt or not, whether they're out doing promos with two belts or not, I I don't think there's any legitimacy. I think Tyron has to fight him. You want to clear up that division. You don't want any other dude running around there saying you're the number one contender when you're the champ. It's just like like Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, man. Just like Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. All the... (laughs) All the all the racial and you know nonsense bullshit and storytelling and work that they're doing aside, another guy out there with a belt in your division has to be dealt with. Period. And dealt with in vicious fashion as far as I'm concerned. 
especially in a promotion that's only supposed to have one belt per division. Uh, yeah, you really need to deal with that guy. Yeah, and, and then, then you'll actually be undisputed. There you go. That's that's what it is. Like Tyron, everything. Tyron is the champion. He is he is the and still champion, but mm-hmm. he needs to make himself the undisputed champion. Which he is, he is in all of our hearts, but he oh yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But let's just you know, let's make it official. Let's yeah. let's beat the shit out of Colby Covington, make Jim Velasco happy, oh, and God, uh, yeah. move on with shit. Exactly, Jim's gonna make him a fucking honorary Tongan uh, yeah. for his, you know. Is that what Jim it. is? I've been trying to figure this out for months. He's a Tongan. Yeah, because I kept calling him Samoan, and he got really mad. And the only person that would get really mad if he called them a Samoan is a Tongan. Does he so, do like hakas and shit like that? Uh, maybe. Uh, he looks like he would. I, I'm not completely convinced that he's not Toa Hanare from uh, from New Japan, uh, who isn't Tongan. He's actually Maori. But uh, so Jim can clear this up if he ever comes on the show. All right. So Jim, Maori, Tongan, or Samoan? That's mm-hmm. the question. That and we're gonna play a little game this week called Maori, Tongan, or Samoan. <laughs> All right, that's all I got, Casey. You got anything else you want to throw in? Uh, penis. <laughs> Wait, you're spied. Now you're just cheating. See, know, what you guys don't know is we have this little game where I do the little wrap-up thing, and at the end of the show, Casey tries to see if he can get in the word penis before the broadcast stops. So what we're saying is me and Justin have this little game where I try to get my penis in. Yes, and we've been playing it for you. Wait a minute. Until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Penis! Penis!